Welcome to the Wandering Sun Podcast. I am your host, Eric Villatoro. And today we'll be hearing a very powerful testimony by my friend and sister in Christ, Carol Sampero. Today's episode is very delicate, and I'm just so grateful for the grace of God upon us to allow us all to be able to be a witness to the healing power of Jesus Christ through Carol's testimony. We're talking about mental illness with someone who severely experienced it for nine years until she was set free by the power of God. I rarely spoke in this episode because I was just in awe of everything that was said, and honestly, I just didn't want to get in the way. Carol's transparency is a gift. And I hope you listen attentively because you may have someone around you experiencing the same things and not even know it. I pray Holy Spirit speaks to you through this conversation. I hope you're encouraged. Enjoy. A Bible verse that really has been, well, I should start with my intro, right? No, 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 let's go go Bible. Let's go Bible. (laughs) Okay. So a Bible verse that's really been speaking to me, especially like as a reminder that you know, I have been set free and like nothing can take that from me is the verse of uh, in John eight thirty six, which is, um, so if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. There's mm-hmm. nothing that can rob me. There's nothing that can rob me of what God has already done. And he's only going to continue to do more. And so it's a, it's, it's a truth and it's a promise that I, that I hold dear to my heart. Even any day that I'm feeling like like weakened or overwhelmed because, you know, like he said it, he did it. Nothing can change that. He's a rock. He's our rock. So I'm Carol and I'm 25 years old. I was married three years ago to my husband, Alex. And um, I currently I I work with kids. I was a preschool teacher because of quarantine. I've been nannying. So that's been really good. It's been amazing uh really like life has slowed down a lot so yeah. and i'm bl- and i'm blessed because i have families that like really trust me to be there for their kids yeah. you know and then i'm also pursuing a degree in psychology which is great wow. because yeah so i'll be going back to school and I, i'm just like in love with psychology and, like and all honestly it started with like getting to know my mind myself and like you know there's always a science that backs up the truth that God already declares. Yeah. So it's like, I wanted to really get to know myself and like what really triggered things and what, you know, I know, I know that I wasn't born with mental illness. I know it was like something that surged out of trauma. So I'm, I'm diving into that and, and and yeah, and I hope to, to help families and marriages and, and just like anyone who, anyone who really needs help. And I'm here because, you know, like, the Lord has really, oh my gosh, like it's this crazy thing is that we really do go through things to help others. We do. Like yeah. we gain wisdom from it. We gain understanding. We we grow empathy. You know, it's just, it's amazing. Like in the moment, you don't see it that way. But when there's redemption, right. you're like, Jesus, like, you know, you can use me now. Like I can literally speak words of life to people because yeah. I made it out, you know? And so, yeah. So I want to uh, I want to give people you know a little background um, even as as we continue right now because I didn't I didn't know that like the fact that you're gonna go into psychology like yeah. this is this is amazing yeah. um, so just a quick little background we know each other um, from Ascend so is the young yeah. adults uh, youth and young adults gathering at our church King of the Nations yeah. and that's where we've all met and most of my guests actually have come from 
ascend. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so the reason why we're here is because I saw all of our friends um, reposting this post that you posted. And uh, um, I saw your name and I saw the, the title. And let me see if I can um, pull it up. And the title was Faith and Mental Illness. Yeah. And it said my testimony. And I was like, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know Carol's testimony. <laughs> like, I was just thinking, I just, in that moment, I realized like, oh, I don't, I don't know her testimony. So I, I read on and I want to read um, one of the slides that basically just details everything in your life. And then I'll just let you kind of just yeah. give us some insight. Um, yeah. I'm super excited because I think this is going to help a lot of people. I know yeah. this is going to help a lot of people. So on the fourth slide, you said my first time self-harming was at 12. And my yeah. first suicide attempt was at the age of 13. Can you imagine? <laughs> I was a child in total, until I was 22, I mean, 21, I had been hospitalized in a psych hospital four times, along with endless therapy sessions and monthly meetings with my psychiatrist. I was given medication and expected to get better, but only got worse. I was clinically diagnosed with maniac depression. A person with maniac depression is characterized as a person that experiences long episodes of depression and also struggles with mania. Uh, bipolar changes in one's normal mood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is wild. <laughs> it Cause, is cause, crazy. Because I'm gonna say this: from just looking at you, like you know, like first impression, you're like always happy. You're always smiling. <laughs> like you don't, you don't. You, I didn't, I didn't expect that. And yeah. and and you know that that goes back to like you know, don't judge a book by its cover, right? And mm-hmm. and that. Yeah. And so when I read that, I was like, man. Whoa. So, <laughs> so maybe yeah. just give us a, um, yeah. I mean, just tell us about it. How, how did yeah. that start? Why? Let's just go through it. Okay. Well, it is true, man. They, they do say, you know, the saddest people sometimes have the biggest smiles, which is crazy, but there's redemption. And what happened was that at the age of 12, I experienced like, um, like hurt by someone in my family that, that, I felt protected by, um, and I experienced like my first, it, it was like, I don't even know how to say it. I don't, I don't, I don't even know how to say it, but I was very hurt from that. It was, it was actually, oh my gosh, it's like, I lost all sense of security Yeah. on it's it, I lost all sense of security in my life. The person that I felt that could protect me the most was the, the person that harmed me the most. So this was my, my dad actually. So, and it's hard to say that because especially because I don't I don't like exposing my dad. I have yeah. gone through a process of, of forgiveness with him, but it was something that really triggered. It set off things in my life that, you know, like I never thought I would struggle with. Um, and could that, you could you yeah. I, could you say what what it was? Yeah. So when I was 12, I was molested by my dad. Okay. And, um, he was my dad, like, you know, anybody and any girl would feel so protected by, by their father. And, um, he had like issues with 
with alcoholism and Mm -hmm. he had come back from a trip and he was drunk and it was just it was very very sad it was very sad and the next day like he repented to me um it never happened again but a little girl lives on with that memory forever you know uh soon after that my my mom found out that my dad actually had a whole other family like behind our back like a whole other family behind our back again that's like another betrayal and me i didn't know what to do i i honestly like i think any child that i hear like their parents divorcing or separating they always blame themselves yeah and in this moment i blamed myself and um what happened was as they they weren't split up yet but they were going through it and um to get their attention, I started to cut. I literally just started to cut. And I realized that was bringing them closer. That was bringing them closer together. Because through this whole time, like, I still loved my dad, you know? I still love him now. Like, I love him so much. And I always felt the need to protect him, (laughs) which is weird. It was so weird because my mom, yeah, yeah, my mom, everyone would like, talk bad about him or say something like bad about him and I would defend him always like it's crazy so like I started getting their attention by cutting and like I I think at some point in middle school like my my counselors my guidance counselors brought it to my parents attention because I was doing it Mm -hmm. in school and they actually one of the administrators drove me to the hospital and my parents both went and I felt their love again. I felt like nothing, nothing was happening. Like every, Mm -hmm. like they were there for me, you know, they loved me after that. Like, I think like closer to the time when my dad was like slowly leaving the house, I found some pills in his cabinet. There were some sleeping pills and I was just done. Like I was literally done. I didn't know what was really going to happen. I was just, again, it was all for attention and you knew there were sleeping pills like you knew what you i knew yeah to. yeah i knew it said it it said it so i just took a whole bunch of them and i remember like for like 30 minutes i stayed in my room and then i i started getting all loopy and hazy eyed and i come out of the room and my mom starts freaking out because she realizes like something's wrong yeah um and i'm over there hallucinating it was crazy like she took me to the hospital immediately i was hallucinating seeing things that weren't there talking to things that weren't there like what was really crazy that was that i knew that something bad could happen to me in in the midst of that and even though i didn't know god i started to pray and i was like god don't let me go like don't let me go save me from this when i got to the hospital they gave me some charcoal like liquid which Mm -hmm. is used to like basically pump out your stomach or make you like gag everything up and it was terrible like it like the experience was terrible like my first experience ever was so terrible and the next day they told my mom that they were going to take me to an adolescent psych hospital all the way in virginia which was like an hour away and how and how old are you again this is 12 13 yeah i was 13 my first yeah so So it was like really crazy. And that's when they identified um, or they suggested my what like what I had, which is um, manic depression. And so like how I explained that is 
I had several periods of like serious depression, but then I also had very, very drastic bipolar mood swings. It was like really crazy, very impulsive. I was a very, very impulsive little girl. And, um, you know, so like they, they just, they characterized me as that and they gave me pills. So I took them for, I think like a couple of years and, I, I went to my psychiatrist, like, I think I switched psychiatrists, like, maybe four or five times, because I didn't find one that was, like, you know, to my, I don't know, to my benefit, yeah. and therapy, it was, it was more like a, a like, a self-help experience, like, they would ask me questions, like, I can't help myself, I'm here, I'm here for help, you know, I can't help myself, so help me. And it was never like, I, I, I kid you not, like they never were able to, able to help me fully. So throughout the years, um, because of like what my dad did to me, it developed this, this, or it planted the seed in me where I was very sexual, sexually immoral. I was, you know, it, it just, it, it is what it is. Like when the devil comes in, he plants a seed and it just goes from there. Yeah. And, um, I remember it started in middle school, like where girls would just start bullying me. They would, they would call me a slut. They would call me this. They would call me. And I was a little girl. Like I, at that point I wasn't doing anything yet, but right. they started, they started to, to name me these things or like say all these things about me. And, you know, I was very weak and I only wanted to be accepted, I guess. And, um, what I did, what I started doing was acting upon what they were saying. Mm. So if they were calling me that, then I must be that, you know? So I started, yeah, it was very, it was, it was very intense. It was, it was way too much for someone my age to handle. And so throughout the years, that's what happened. And I depended a lot on like male, because, you know, obviously I had that dad wound. So I, I depended so much on, on male response to me. And I, and so I sought a fatherly or protective figure in every man. And like, that's obviously not healthy. So, you know, every time I would feel rejection or every time I would do, I would feel like this type of like, Oh, so you're just, you're going to abandon me too. It was like, again, for attention, it it became a habit for attention. I would cut for attention. I would overdose for whatever. And throughout the years I did, I got hospitalized like three more times after that. They were like a week at a time there. It was like a while. It wasn't like two days. It was like a week. I think the most that I've been at a hospital was like two weeks. So it's yeah. And they do a lot of like, like group therapy in there and like individual therapy. And, you know, it's again, I always say it's like self-help. Like you can't, you cannot with, with something like that. You cannot really help yourself. You can't. Right. And, um, Again, through all of this time, I did not have a relationship with the Lord. I knew that God existed and I knew that I could pray to him. But I was never believing in something. Like I was never like truly believing that something would shift. I was never truly believing, you know. And um, every time I would ask the Lord to rescue me and he did. Every time that I overdosed, he rescued me. Like I didn't, you know, like the doctors would tell me 
if you would have done one more, you don't know what could have happened. You don't wow. know if it would have entered like your bloodstream in a, in a drastic way. And it was just scary to hear that, you know? And obviously with that came a lot more shame because now I wasn't just the slut that everyone was calling. I was a crazy psycho girl that was mm. cutting herself, you know, that was self-harming and overdosing and just being crazy. And and did that was really ever, hard. Did people like even at school ever try to, um, you know, ask you or, or try to talk to you or? Mm-mm. No, not at all. I do have a best friend, though, and I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky because I've known her since elementary school. And she stuck with me through all of this. Wow. Like she stuck with me. Like she didn't care that people were calling me these things. She didn't care if she was going to be an outsider like me. Like she didn't care. She just cared yeah. about my heart. Wow. And I'm truly, I honestly think that if I didn't have her in my life, like I always think of her as a little angel sent from mm-hmm. the Lord, because if I didn't have her in my life, I really wouldn't have had anybody. I wouldn't have had anyone. Yeah, so she was the only one, and the crazy thing is that she's pursuing psychology for the same reason, to understand. No way. Yeah, yeah. it's it's amazing. Wow. Yeah, so, you know, she was the only one who was always there for me, and she doesn't know the Lord, but she knew that if I, if I got to know the Lord, she knows the Lord is good, so she knew if I got to know the Lord, I, I would probably have a chance of making it out, and she would encourage me throughout the years, but I would always reject it, you know? It's just, wait, 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 so let me understand that really right. So <laughs> yeah? she, she, was, she didn't have a relationship with God, but she knew that, okay, if I encourage her to have a relationship, she'll have a, something will yeah. happen. Yeah, that's so interesting. And how and you guys were at this time when he when she started to encourage you in that way. How how old would you say you were? I was around fifteen. Okay. So yeah, so I was around fifteen years old, and she has another friend who's a believer. So she's surrounded by believers in her okay. life. So she 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 knew the power of the Lord. She knew what what he could that's do. So, so yeah. So I always kept rejecting it and rejecting it, but. You know, the Lord always has his way. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, but nobody ever, like, sought to understand. Um, my parents didn't seek to understand. And mind you, also, like, my my mental illness comes from, it, it's generational. So my dad has it, and all of his kids have some type of something, <laughs> like, honestly. Hmm. Um, and his dad had it, too. And so it it come it's it's generational i know that as a little girl i didn't struggle with it 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 only had like it, it was triggered by the, the events that i like named it, it was honestly triggered by that because i was a happy little girl i remember i was i was very happy i i didn't struggle with any of that i felt always loved and after all of this like it just oh my gosh it was just like my whole world came down okay i i want to really quick I would love for you yeah. to give some advice um, to parents. Yeah. I I recently know of a family member who went through that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was through my cousin. And, uh, you know, he, he, he told me about this situation. And I was like, man, I know, I know that 
doesn't just stay like that. Like, oh, it just happens and she seems okay, so she's okay. Right? Seems okay. And I was like, man, bro, gotta pray on that. Cause I don't I don't think you're just okay from that. What do you what would you say for parents to do or for even um, siblings or people that know a, 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 a little girl or a little kid that's going through that, what would you suggest for us to do? I feel that assumptions are never good. They're never good. And if you see someone struggling, don't think of it as like, oh, they're being rebellious. Don't characterize them as being rebellious. Don't characterize them as only wanting attention, even though it is most of the case that that's the truth. Like we do want attention, but don't like, don't say those things to to people that struggle with mental illness because it's like, it penetrates through them and it breaks them even, even more. It's like, you're, so you're not wanting to understand, you know, Mm. type of thing. I encourage parents or anybody that, that knows someone to really want, want to get to know the person's heart. To really want to listen to the to the words or what they're trying to say, maybe maybe they're not using the right words, but try to understand what they're trying to say and yeah. like what they're feeling or what they're going through. Because you don't you don't know just because you're stronger. Let's say you you have a stronger character than I do, doesn't mean like it, it, you know. It's just don't don't assume. Yeah, that people can just get out of a rut. I've heard it so many times and they're like, just, you know, just pray about it or just get better. Like you can do this, just five practical tips and da da da. Mm -hmm. It's not as easy as that. Like it's not, you know, it's a, it's a process. It's a process of healing, letting go. And if you have the right resources to help people heal and go through that process of healing, then okay. But please like, don't ever try to bring someone down don't ever try to minimize their feelings don't ever do that because that's the worst thing that you can do for someone with mental illness like you can't you really cannot do that you have to seek to understand honestly yeah so for you you started to get to know god jesus at what age i was 21 i think yeah i was 21 so there was still so what happened in that gap between like well high school and and then (laughs) then into 21 were you still yeah i was still yeah i was still self-harming i was still like i think my last hospitalization i was 20 years old yeah I was 20 and it, it had to do with some boy, <laughs> you know, it was um, it had to do with some boy again, like the rejection issues, all of the, all of the, that, those deep wounds, they always come up in, in situations like this. And the enemy will use whatever, you know, yeah. to try to get you to go back to like your patterns. And so um, all throughout like high school, up until I was 21, I struggled with it a lot. And not only that, so like how I said, Um, I was given medication and expected to get better, but only got worse. What happened was that I eventually, I was like, this medication sucks. It was making me feel worse. Like my moods were like, I felt like, I'm like, okay, they, they, they like the commercials show all this medication and they're like, but yeah, you can still experience suicidal thoughts. Yeah. I'm just like, then how, how, how is this helping? Like it's dumb. It's really dumb. So, um, I'm not saying don't take medication. 
either, you know, because there are chemical imbalances that need to be taken care of. Just like if our body is, is hurt, you know, you need to take care of it. You need to have medication for it, whatever, like whatever it is. So right. I'm not saying don't take medication. I'm just saying that for me, it didn't work. <laughs> like it was not working out. And um, then I started self-medicating, you know, <laughs> when I was 18, I started to smoke weed a lot like a lot and um so i was doing that you know all throughout until i came to the lord and what what it caused was more anxiety what it caused was uh, more instability it 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 was like okay fine like i feel calm and peaceful while i'm smoking but every time i get off of it like it's this overwhelming feeling of like, I don't know what to do. I need yeah. it again. And I need it again. So I don't know how, like, cause people also say that weed like is good for, for these types of things, for anxiety and stuff. I don't believe that. I don't because I am telling you, I'm living proof that that thing only makes you worse. It does. Um, and then you keep wanting more to numb the feeling, you know? So I only got worse. And then I started doing other drugs. Um, and I started partying and drinking and I was just getting worse. I'm telling you, like I was getting worse. And by the end of it, I think like when I was 21, I, I was like overdosing almost every day, knowing that, knowing that, yeah, knowing that like, I wasn't trying, like I wasn't trying to overdose to kill myself anymore. You know, I was trying to overdose to numb myself or to like, just be out, like just out you know and so i wouldn't take i wouldn't take more than i knew that would you know i I would i would take enough to make me just knock out or whatever and i was like i'm telling you like i was reaching my lowest my lowest point in life and alex my husband he got saved before me he got saved i think in april 2015 he was also 21 and if if you would have known him back then, you would have known he was a jerk. So he had no words of life to speak to you. He was just uh, like, it was crazy, man. And I texted him one day. We had been broken up at this point. I texted him one day and I was telling him that I was basically like done with life. I was just done. You know, I, I just didn't want to continue. I felt so hurt. I felt so rejected these deep wounds you know that I've carried this whole time um I was just over it and I remember (laughs) he texted me and I still have these screenshots to this day and he's like God loves you and God has a different plan for your life if you only let him in and I was like what like this jerk like this jerk like what like who is this you know somebody completely different like what what do you mean and we had never talked about god before either so it was just like interesting and like he was also going through his battle so he came to the lord because he got to his low so Mm. he he went to church with his mom and he accepted jesus the second time he went to church Uh And so he like had already been receiving some, 
So he had already been a little filled by the Lord. So he had some to give to me. Yeah. And um, it took me about two weeks to, to actually believe that he was transforming, that he was somebody new. And I asked him, I was like, can I go to church with you? Like, can you take me? And he was like, oh, yeah, sure. Why not? And it was a Brazilian church. And I at first I didn't understand. Like when we first started going to this church, I didn't understand anything. I understand it a few words because some words are similar to Spanish. But when I, the first, the very first day that I went, it was like, I didn't have to understand anything. Like Holy Spirit was ready to just like, like just overwhelm me with his love. Wow. And um, I didn't have to understand. I really didn't. I felt like the goosebumps. I felt love. I felt this feeling that I hadn't felt in so long that love that I've been wanting for so long, like I finally have it. Like it was amazing. It was amazing. And nobody else could give that to me. You know, it was That's just Jesus right now. That's it was crazy. just Jesus. Yeah. It was just Jesus, man. And ever since, um, I've never looked back. I've never doubted my, my decision, but my depression didn't go away like instantly mind you again you have habits you know you carry habits you carry mindsets you you do all of these things throughout the years it's so hard to just like break off like you know for example like if i got into an argument with my mom like what would what would be the first thing i, I either wanted to self-harm or I, w I would be impulsive in any type of way you know and so it was kind of like I had this flight response and um, it was really, it, it was really hard throughout the years. Well, throughout that first year of, of being a Christian or maybe two actually, because I got set free from a uh, manic depression last year. Wow. So yeah, it was actually a King of the Nations. <laughs> so um, yeah, so it was really hard. It was especially because like when you're a Christian, you expect that everything would just go away. You know, like right. you have the Lord, you should be good. Like, it's fine. Like just pray about it. Like how I said it earlier, mm -hmm. like it's not as easy as that. It's a whole healing process that the Lord has literally had to go through layer by layer, even till now. Like I still recognize some patterns of behavior that I'm just like, mm -mm, that's not Jesus. Mm. And he has to like lead me back to where, where did I encounter this? Where did I learn this? When did I believe this lie and then let it go so I can continue walking in sanctification daily, right? So that happened and um, last year, we were at, it was actually at a stand at one of the gatherings and someone came up to pray for me and I wasn't even expecting prayer. I didn't go up for an altar call. I didn't, nothing. And, um, I felt, I felt like the Lord was like, man, like you need to be set free like today. Like it's there's time. no going back at time, especially because like I was beginning to grow a lot more and mature a lot more at King of the Nation. So the Lord didn't want to leave me in the same way that I came in. So this person came up to me. Let's go pray. Okay, fine. That's fine. I've always received prayers. So I'm like, okay. And he starts calling things out and he's like a python spirit. And it's a witchcraft spirit. And um, when I like my, my family, I mean, I, from both sides, I know that both sides have practiced witchcraft. 
So I was like, whoa, like, whoa, <laughs> you know, this is crazy. And he was calling it out and he was breaking off like, he like curses and the woman of my family that night i literally i remember i was slain in the spirit i fell to the ground and i just felt like fire it was fire like from head to toe like it was like i was being like cleansed like purged you know like it was wow. crazy it was really crazy and when i had manic depression I could not even hear the thoughts in my head because it felt like like the devil was just haunting me and it was he was so loud that I couldn't even hear anybody but him, you know? Yeah. The day after that this happened, they were the voices were gone. The, they were gone. Like like that the 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 oppression that I it was gone. I knew like he didn't have to tell me like the, the guy who prayed for me, he didn't have to tell me. I knew it was gone. I knew it that very next day. I threw away the pills because I had started to take a different combination of pills that were actually like helping me. Um, but it wasn't fully helping me because if not, Jesus would have continued to let me be, you know, in that position. But I literally threw away my pills the next day without hesitating and I haven't taken them since. And wow. yeah, that's it's been amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. In such a, in a, in a beautiful way. Um, and you touched on a couple of things that I actually am very curious about. Mm -hmm. And that I wonder about actually a lot of times, especially when it comes to depression, you know, the concept of as soon as you, you just pray or get God yeah. in your life and everything goes yeah. away. Yeah. Um, obviously, you're you're saying that that's, that is not the case. Yeah. And so now in your newfound uh, mind, right? God has transformed you. Has, he's transformed mm -hmm. your heart. He's transformed your mind. You're looking to go into even learning psychology, right? To, 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 to help more, to be able to understand more of the brain. But obviously, you also have a Holy Spirit understanding. So now, what do you think it is? maybe not the fix, but how do you think we should be going about these situations with people who are experiencing um, um, these conditions? The f maybe not the fix, but right. the process. The process of it is, and I always remind myself, it is okay. You have to, ha you have really, we have to have grace. I think like everyone who struggles with mental illness, you have to have grace with yourself. You have to be merciful with yourself. You have to be patient. Um, but it's really like understanding the importance of, I know it's hard. Again, like I'm going to say this now before I go into it. It's really hard to like go back into the moment and and reminisce or like remind yourself of that that trauma or that pain that you went through but it is so so important it is so crucial because when you go back with a different perspective when you go back with the holy spirit and you see where he was and you see that he rescued you and you see that you know he's the one who helped you overcome you start seeing that whole thing with a different perspective and that's when you that you introduce healing into your life you know you either have to forgive someone you have to either forgive yourself yeah. you have to renounce like a pattern of behavior that you've had or a mindset that you've had like you know all of those things and and 
you become self-aware you really do it's i think like for people with mental illness too you have to be very self-aware what triggers do you have you know what triggers that because it's not mm. this it's not it's not like you know like i see that this is happening this this is superficial right but there's something much deeper than that that's not that's not the cause of what i'm feeling the cause of it is the deep root issue that i have and i need to be healed from that first in order for me to respond differently to this new superficial thing you know yeah and um so it's a matter of that it's like and you have to be patient like it doesn't happen overnight it, it, it happens over the course of time but let me tell you like you gain so much understanding and wisdom throughout it all yeah. because you know like the lord allows you to really like dissect everything and 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 you become vulnerable something that m people with mental illness can't can't do sometimes because either they're judged or whatever but you become so vulnerable and the lord literally comes in and he restores it like it's like he flips it and i don't even know how he does it i don't have to know i don't have to understand he got his ways and you i know you do it he could do it. I don't have to understand. That's another thing that I have uh, that I've had to to learn. I don't have to understand what he's doing. I just have to be obedient. I have to submit my feelings. I have to, you know, all of these things and he and yeah. he does it. He has a way. Like if you just give it to him, he can do like miracles with it. Like, miracles, yeah. you know. Uh, it's you can't do it on your own. And that's what I emphasize. I emphasize that on my post because you cannot, like nobody can do it alone. Like we were not even created to do life alone. We're not, the Bible says it. Oh, that's man. why, that's why, you know, Eve came in the picture because Adam couldn't be alone. Like he would have been way too lonely. Imagine that, <laughs> he would have gone into depression though, <laughs> you know? Yeah, all the animals, he was like, nah, this ain't it. <laughs> I know. See, not even power. There you go. Not even power nor authority can can fulfill your heart other than love. You know? Mm, so the Bible so tells bad. you love one another, but to allow the Lord to love you too. And it's so hard for people to allow the the Lord to love them because they've been hurt so many times. So how? How can I right. you know, you know what I mean? So it's just um a constant thing. It's a constant fighting but it's a good fighting it's not like i'm like <laughs> don't like lord don't let this happen to me no more it's it's a fighting like i know that i'm set free so i'm gonna fight for my freedom you know what i mean mm, so yeah. it's that type of yeah so it's just amazing <laughs> wow. yeah no that's so good that's yeah. so good carol any last words for people listening um, that may be experiencing some of the th same things that um, you've experienced. Obviously, you've given some beautiful words just now, but <laughs> just any last words that you have for them? <sighs> well, I encourage everyone, like everyone that's struggling with mental illness, to cling to the hope that there is a rescue, that there is a rescuer, that there is a restorer. And <laughs> don't do it don't do it on your own strength because you don't have enough strength without God, without Jesus. Like he is our strength. And when we submit our weakness to him, we're made strong. And that's what he did in my life. And mm -hmm. if he did it for my, for me, for my life, 
I'm I'm like a hundred percent sure he can do it for you too if you do the same. So I encourage you and please find find someone that you can be accountable with. Find someone that you trust. Talk to them. Seek me out. I don't know. I, I'm literally willing to pray for anyone. Um, if you come to me, you know, I'm just I'm here. I'm here and I'm willing to be vulnerable too. So yeah. That's all. Cool. Yeah, guys, if you guys want to reach out to Carol, all of her information will be in the description, whether you're listening on Spotify, YouTube, or Apple Music, just check the description. Her information will be there and um, she's here to help you. Yeah. (laughs) All right, y'all. Have a good one. Peace. All right. Thank you for listening to the Wandering Sun podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to connect with us, please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at the Wandering Sun. And if you have any words of encouragement or testimony you would like to share with us, please visit thewanderingsun.com and leave us a message. Also, if you have any prayer requests, if you need help, if you need community, messages at thewanderingsun.com and we'll try our best to help you. I pray God continues to bless and protect you and we'll catch you on the next episode.